friends. Welcome to the Church Deployed Podcast. I'm Christopher Kess. And I'm Ronnie Marriott. And I am so excited to welcome you to episode one of the podcast entitled The Church Has Left the Building. But before we get into that, we need to take a moment and introduce ourselves. So Ronnie, the Reverend Ronald Wayne Marriott, would you please start us off? Uh, Yeah, I'm Ronnie. I'm uh, the lead pastor here at First Baptist Burleson. This is not an AA meeting, Ronnie. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks for clarifying. So yeah, um, that's who I am. Ronnie Marriott, pastor of First Baptist Burleson. Been How long you been here? Four years now. And uh, yes, from grew up in Mesquite, Texas. I don't know what else. What else do you need to know? Well, come on, man. I mean, you, Mesquite, you went to, yeah, t- went to that North little Mesquite small school High School, town. Howard Payne University. Yeah, that's down in Brownsville. Brownwood, oh, Brownwood. which is central okay. Texas. Uh, yes, home of the Fighting Yellow Jackets. Mm. And it doesn't sound fierce, but if you've mm. never been stung, you know what we're talking about. <laughs> It hurts. Um, so yeah, then went to Southwestern twice. I have a master's and you a had doctorate. To go twice. I had I had to go twice. The first wow. one didn't work well. So okay. Um, yeah. So master's from Southwestern, doctorate from Southwestern. Uh, pastored all over the state of Texas, and now reside in the beautiful Burleson, Texas. How about you, man? Tell me about you. Well, thank you for asking. Um, I I have been in uh, ministry now since 2000. Wow. Uh, prior to that, uh, I grew up in a military family, lived all over the world, uh, went to Baylor University, mm. really enjoyed uh, enjoyed being at Baylor, although it was a, my first Baptist experience. It used to be a Christian university. It used it? to be, Started, yes. Okay. We're trying to get it back there. Yeah. Uh, same thing with Howard Payne. Yeah. Uh, and... <laughs> So uh, after uh, after my time at, at Baylor, after graduation, I did a lot of entrepreneurial things, uh, lots of different businesses I started and sold and did whatever with. Uh, some lost lots of money on. And uh, then uh, eventually went into uh, corporate America. And that was when I started at Southwestern. Unfortunately, they kicked me out of Southwestern. I only lasted one year at Southwestern. <laughs> oh, that's not true. They didn't mm. kick me out. Surprising. But, uh, surprisingly, I started another ministry yes. uh, out of all of that, which led me for really the last 20 years, some of the work I've been doing, doing leadership training for pastors, still do that. And then you invited me to come be a part of this incredible uh, adventure at First Baptist Church of Burleson. I've been here two months less than you have. Yes. Now, I remember in the early 70s, weren't you a Dallas Cowboy cheerleader? Yes. Is that okay? No. <laughs> Is that not okay? I'm sorry. I just I just repeat what I hear. Wow, uh, that's that's great. <laughs> what a great transition, Ronnie. To uh, the last several weeks at our church, you have been yes. leading us in a sermon series. Yes. Uh, called the Church Deployed. Yes. Now, for many people at, that are at our church in our community, they're hearing this. They think perhaps this is a response to COVID, when in reality. This is something you've been processing for quite a long time. So can you tell us what this means, how it started? Give us some background. Yeah, I think just the whole pandemic has kind of laid that groundwork to uh, institute this church deployed idea. I just thought it was a a cool idea. You know, obviously kind of has that military tone uh, of the church and reminding us we're in this battle between good and evil and the souls of men and women. So it just kind of was, it's been an inspiration for actually a couple of years when I read a book called The Gospel Comes with a House Key by Rosaria Butterfield, if you know her story. Great uh, book. Yeah, I used to be a lesbian, converted to Christ, and then just really that whole image of my house is the church on my block. 
And it just really starts with, I love this term, radical hospitality. Hmm. Hospitality is in the Bible. It's important. It is, I believe, how the church is going to advance in this culture, especially here uh, in the American culture where we live in the Bible buckle of the Bible belt, where most people think they're a Christian, but uh, in reality, they're not. And so it just starts with being a good neighbor, being a good friend, starting a conversation that ultimately can lead to a faith presentation or a faith conversation. But it, let's just start back at the basic. Let's just be good friends and neighbors. The pandemic has highlighted that need. Because we've been isolated and stuck away, there's a great desire for community. We're wired for community anyway, but when that's been taken away, we want to be involved in it more. Right, and for a lot of people, they think this might be a new concept. Right. Someone could read Rosario's book, which is excellent, and we've asked a lot of our staff to read it and process it with us. But what she wrote about is a modern experience of something that is several thousand years old. Yes. Yeah, the New Testament church, you read in Acts chapter 2. That's because they had to. Those people had come to Jerusalem for celebration for the festival, converted to Christ, and they didn't want to leave. They wanted to stay, so people had to house them. They had to meet together, feed one another. Scripture says those who had stuff sold it so they could meet everybody's need. So there was that commonality and community that was built. That's kind of the way the New Testament church started. And then even as it was deployed in Acts chapter 8, they went back to their hometowns. But the key phrase is as they went, they shared the gospel. And Mm -hmm. that's just the image. That's the, the description of what I believe God has designed every church to be. It's really interesting to me, too. Through the, the last two decades of ministry that I've been a part of, uh, we've, we've heard commonly used the phrase temple courts house to house, Yeah, right? Yeah. which is straight out of Acts. Right. And we're asking our people to do nothing different than that. Yeah. It's just weird to us because as Americans, the way we live in our culture, that's just not really what we're used to. Right. And it really is understanding, I mean, if you take it back to the basics again, that we are people of the gospel. So you live the gospel. If you're living in obedience to Christ, you're living out the gospel. It's not just presenting a gospel track. It's not just going to a worship service. It's not just uh, sharing a scripture with somebody. It's how you live and talk and interact. That's a part of our spirituality. Well, and in a previous conversation, you had said something that stuck with me and uh, you, you oftentimes will have a phrase you'll throw out and it kind of sticks with me. You probably took it from somebody else. Uh, sure, but I stole it. <laughs> it's the difference between going to church and being the church, yeah. right? Yeah, just that middle, I think that's where it starts, realizing because so much we talk about going to church, and it's all based on preferences, what people like, and I like this, I don't like this. But when we start to understand that, that we are the church, we're the temple of the Holy Spirit, <laughs> Scripture is very clear on that, then that, I think, changes our perspective and hopefully changes our motivation and our energy to do Uh, what God's called us to do. That is a great lead-in to this question that we hear often these days, Yes, which is, when are we going back to normal? (laughs) Right? So what motivates that? What's going on in that question? Well, first of all, none of us are normal. (laughs) You know, so (laughs) what, what does normal look like? That's interesting to hear that, how people define it. But we're, we're not going back. I mean, you can't go back to what we were. Even if we didn't have COVID-19, you can't go back to what you were, and we really don't want to. Hopefully, we're always growing and maturing and learning, and even what it means to be the church, even though our church is 136 years old, there's, it's a different day and a different time, so how we're learning to do that. So I think the motivation people 
ask that question really is, when is it going to go back to the things that I like, mm. the things that are important to me? And not that there's anything wrong with that, but that can't be what describes the church as a whole, because again, that's based on my perspective and based on what I like, not necessarily what's the best thing for the whole church. You know, in, in the conversations that I'm having with pastors and executive pastors around, one of the things that I'm really focusing in on is this idea that in the past, it seemed like in Baptist life, there was a singular path to live out the Christian life, yeah. right? It was Sunday morning, it was Sunday night, it was Wednesday night, it was, you know, anytime the church had something, you were there. Right. Yeah. But it all required you to be at the church. And so what I'm expressing to other pastors and XPs is the idea that we have got to create multiple pathways to live out our Christian faith. This Having an online uh, community, yeah. which we have right now, yeah. uh, both in life group and in attendance of our services, and a physical group means just by default, we have multiple pathways. Neither of them are preferential over the other. Yeah. Neither of them are better than the other. But when it comes to everything we do now, Everything we do has to have multiple pathways to get to that destination. Yeah, it's doing versus being, right? So we try to do Christianity, right? We try to do all the things we know a good Christian would do. When Scripture really says, be a Christian, that's where that starts. Hmm. And out of that love for Christ, then we have a desire to do the things of Christ, to do the service, whatever that involves. And that's the same thing we're talking about here, of being the church versus going to church. Again, we mark that off. Well, I'm a good Christian because I go to church. I'm doing what God's called me to do. Well, that's part of it. But understanding what it means to be the church, you're always on. You're never not the church, use a double negative to, for emphasis. So we're always the church. So what kind of church are we representing? What kind of Jesus are we representing and how we live and talk and act? With just Let's start with the people around us. That seems to be the simplest. One of the, um, the, the key components of every single message that I've heard you deliver over the last four years has been a challenge at the end, yes. right? Where you try to get just super practical. This is a big concept, church deployed. So break it down to me. What am I supposed to do? How do I live this out? Yeah, I think that's the first step is just know the people around you. Know the neighbors. Let's say three houses to either side of you or the three houses across the street. Know the first and last names of all the okay. people that live in those houses. The moms, the dads, the grandparents, the kids, whatever. Uh, so it's going to take some initiation on our part to go and meet them. We live in a culture where people drive in their garage, shut the door, and they go inside and don't come out. Well, and I'll tell you, I think if we did a poll of all of our people and said, do you know your neighbors? Just like almost cultural Christianity, if we said, are you a Christian? Everyone's yeah. going to oh, yeah, I know my neighbors. Yeah, yeah I'm a Christian. Yeah. When you take it to that next level yeah. to say, no, knowing your neighbor does not mean you smile and wave yeah. at them as you drive into your garage. Right. You know their first and last name, and if you saw them at the grocery store, you would identify them and be able to talk to them. Yeah. First and last name, what, what do they do? You know, it's just that simple. Again, it's just, you know, you look back at 50s and 60s, people were outside all the time before central air and before hmm. TV, and everybody knew everyone. And so there's that element of that we've lost, but this is a way to gain it back. And church is always called to be counter-cultural. So our world kind of is isolated, screens inside. Let's be a church that's outside meeting neighbors and connecting. 
So I, you are challenging us to know the first and last names, people three houses to the left, three houses to the right. If you live in a cul-de-sac, three yeah. houses over, yeah. whatever it is. Right. But know your neighbors and be known to them Yeah. so that you can be the church on your block. Yes. Yeah, and that's just where we're going to start. Let's let's take that first step and get to that level, and then we can talk about progressing forward from that. And what we're going to start doing is we're going to start going around to all of our church members' neighbors and asking the neighbors if they know <laughs> the church members. So be ready. We're going to hold you accountable, right? I, I can't wait for that. <laughs> Ronnie, thank you so much. This is a this is a challenging topic. Uh, it, it really does challenge every single one of us to not just come and consume the church, but to go do it. Yeah, and, and that's tough. That's very, it very is. difficult. It but it, thank you for leading us through that. Friends, thank you so much for joining us today on the Church Deployed podcast. Feel free to share this podcast with your friends and family on social media. For info about any of our podcast videos or other content, you can follow at... FBC Burleson on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, or on our website at firstburleson.org. Thank you again for listening, and we'll see you next week.